You're listening to the Ausleisure Podcast Network. For more details, go to www.ausleisure.com.au forward slash podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Ausleisure Traveller Podcast for Friday the 8th of February. My name is Richard Maguire and this week I am very pleased to be able to speak to Sam Johnson, who is a marketing and development executive for Dublin Tourism. Hello Sam, how are you mate? I'm not too bad, thanks, how are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for um, getting up early and talking to us. I know it's uh, quite early and uh, probably very cold over there at the moment. Am I correct in saying that? Um, yeah, well, it's it's cold. It has been cold during the last few weeks. Um, the last couple of days has got a bit milder. I think yesterday they were saying it was up to about 14 or 15, which is probably unseasonably That's... warm. It's almost summer-like <laughs> for Ireland anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, I, I guess I'd just uh, like to start off by asking you a few questions, um, d- general questions um, about Dublin. And, and just, I suppose, the first one would be, whereabouts in Ireland is Dublin? Um, okay, well, I suppose Ireland, for a start, because a lot of people don't actually know where Ireland is. Sometimes we get um, where Iceland or whatever. But anyway, Ireland <laughs> is an island, and it lies off the northwest of Europe. Um, it's separated from Great Britain by the Irish Sea. Yeah. Uh, within Ireland, we have obviously Dublin is the capital of the Republic of Ireland. Um, Ireland split into the island of Ireland split into two countries. So Dublin is the capital of the Republic of Ireland and it's Ireland's largest city. It's located right. on the east coast, probably about halfway down. Um, and it has a population of about 1.2 million. Uh, it's not just a city. Dublin is a county as well. There are 32 counties right across the uh, north and south okay. of Ireland. Yep, yep, yep. And the setting that it that it has to the east, we have Dublin Bay, um, obviously flowing out there or going out into the Irish Sea. To yep. the north and the west, we sort of have par- um, farmlands, and then to the south of the city and to the county, we have the Dublin Mountain region. So it's it's a actually a very picturesque setting that we have. Sounds wonderful, and and I guess like most major metropolises, it would have a mixture of modern and historical buildings as well. Absolutely, it does indeed, and um, it's it's a very compact city. Um, mm. I suppose comparing it to London, it, it would fit into probably the pocket of London. Um, <laughs> but there is something different around every corner. Um, a great mix of modern and the historical buildings. It's a very low rise city as well, actually. Um, obviously. Okay. The older buildings probably yeah. tell a few more stories than the more modern ones, but Dublin is a, a it's a medieval city. It was once an important Viking trading port, and it got its name actually from this area, this era era. Sorry, um, it comes from the Gaelic Irish of Dovlin, which means black pool, and the black pool was actually situated within Dublin Castle. Okay. Um, yeah, um, and the medieval era era. Um, sort of has left its mark there's still some of the cobbled streets particularly in the temple bar district yeah um but not too far from the center there where uh, temple bar would be in the medieval part of the city you have the likes of the docklands which is experiencing a huge transformation we have you know it's been totally rejuvenated over the last few years um and there's more to go in there there's a a new tower uh, as i say Mm. As a on a whole, it's quite a low rise city, but um, in the Docklands, there's a couple of towers here marked. One of which is the U2 Tower, where U2 will have the new recording studios, um, um, okay. 
and I suppose one of the other main architectural points of Dublin would be the the Georgian element of it, the Georgian yeah. squares and Georgian door, which is very synonymous with Dublin. A very old city indeed. Indeed, yeah. it is. It is. Uh, it's it's over a, a thousand years old. And and is is it easy to get around? Are there well I, well? I know there's an airport close by, but what about the buses and 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 the transport system? They're pretty pretty good there. There's a yeah, it is actually the the most extensive network would be the bus network at the moment. Yeah. Um, Dublin bus operates cities right or sorry routes right across the city and the county. Um, mm. Within the city, we have a, a light rail system called the Lewis, um, and it's it's state of the art. It's it's very very new. It's only been operating i think the last two three or four years um and at the moment there are two lines feeding into the city uh from the lewis but there's plans for many many more one of which will go to the airport we have a train system which um commuter plus we have a rapid dublin area rapid transport system the dart uh, which serves part of dublin county say the trains then extend further out into the county and of course cross country and we have a taxi service as well but when you're in the city to be honest it's so compact that you don't really t- need much trans- uh, public transportation yes okay maybe the the, the sightseeing buses or that um, certainly no need for a car when you're in Dublin um, you can walk around the city centre and the transport, the public transportation is say it's very extensive and would take you right across the, the county and the region so yeah. um, even though we do drive on the same side as you guys you, you don't need you don't need a, a car when you're here and I, I've heard great great things about the Irish um, especially from, from Dublin being very friendly people as well yeah well um that Bible for all travellers, the Lonely Planet, said that Ireland uh, last year said Ireland was um, the friendliest country in the world, which is, I mean, we always say mm. that we're friendly. Um, it's a nice accolade yeah. to get. Um, the Irish, I think, would say that we're nosy as opposed to friendly. We're just interested <laughs> in, in asking questions and finding out about people. Um, but that comes across as, as, as friendly, which, which is... Um, That's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah it's very positive, exactly. It's, not, it's far from a bad I, thing, yeah. So visitors coming across to your fair city, um, what, what would be your must-see items for them ha- having a look, uh, especially into the you know, people who want to delve deeper into the history of the place? Um, as I said, it is a... A very old city, the Viking medieval city, and there's still elements of that. There are elements of the Georgian city, the, you know, the Georgian squares, the Georgian, the Georgian doors, which uh, there's hundreds, or th- if not thousands, of them across the city, and mm-hmm. it's said that not, not no single two of them are the same. So that'd be an interesting uh, project for anybody to find two that are the same. It could be different <laughs> colours, different number of panels, different fan lights, which are the the semicircular windows above it. Um, yeah. We have historical visitor attractions. You have um, more modern ones, um, some much more related to our, our modern history as opposed to the, the ancient history. Yeah, and I, I presume you have museums and galleries and things like that to go and look at. We, we do indeed. I mean, we have a, a number of the national ins- national cultural institutions based in Dublin, um, the National Gallery. Uh, sort of an interesting um, fact about that: the 
obviously it has a number of masterpieces in it, but one uh, by Caravaggio was actually found above a fireplace of a, a priest in a priest's house, and nobody actually knew that it was uh, a master, uh, a long lost masterpiece. Um, yeah. The national, yeah, the National Museum has three separate premises on different themes across them. There's natural history, there's archaeology, and there's the decorative arts and history. Yeah. Um, we have uh, museums of modern art. We have uh, another museum, actually, the Hugh Lane, which is celebrating its hundredth anniversary this year. Um, Sir Francis Bacon is one of the uh, one of the main um, artists displayed there. There's a st- one of his old studios there. Mm. Again, has a number of masters in it. Um, we have castles. We have Dublin Castle, which I mentioned earlier, where the the original Black Pool of Dublin is or was. Mm. Um, and right across the region, you know, to the north, we've Malahide, Nargillan Castle, we've Dalkey Castle, and Rathfarnham to the to the south side of the city. Um, some of the other main attractions when people come here um, would be the cathedrals. Um, Ireland, indeed, is a is a Catholic country, but yep. you'd be surprised that within Dublin there are actually no Catholic cathedrals. The two main cathedrals, St Patrick's and Christ Church, are both Protestant cathedrals, and the that, Roman Catholics don't actually have one. It's it's an interesting sort of yeah, fact that probably not many people know. Oh. Um, and St Patrick's Cathedral is where Handel's Messiah was first sung in 1742, and Christ Church is uh, Dublin's oldest building. So some interesting uh, oh, attractions so. there very much so and sorry no go on go on no i was just going to say the you know looking at more modern history um or more modern attractions you've got the gpo the general post office and it's one of the landmarks buildings situated in o'connell street which is the main thoroughfare here and it's very important within the the irish the modern irish history um, foundation stone was laid in 1814 but it was the main stronghold of the Irish volunteers during the 1916 rising and it was yeah. in the GPO that Podrick Pierce, one of the Ireland's leading uh, revolutionaries proclaimed the Irish Republic and I suppose linked to that then would be Kilmainham Jail which is um, an old Victorian jail that's actually used in some movie sets um, mm-hmm. It's a real forbidding bastion of punishment and correction, and it was open between <laughs> 1796 and 1924. But leaders of the rebe- well, the many rebellions that we've had here in Ireland, uh, right up until 1916, were detained there. And names such as Robert Emmett and Charles Stuart Parnell, um, her leaders in 1916 rising, and De Valera, who was uh, Prime Minister of Ireland, are associated with the jail. And in fact, obviously, the rising was against the yeah. the English. Yeah. Um, when they were here, but it's one of the biggest attractions with the the English whenever they come across, just to find out a bit more about the history. Well, I, I watched a, a movie uh, a couple of years ago with Liam Neeson in it about um, I can't remember the name of the movie, and that that's that's bad, but it was all about the Irish uprising. And yeah, uh, Michael Collins. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's who he played. Yeah, fabulous. Indeed, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's very very good movie. Um, yeah, great actor. Now if we can just move on and, and have a quick yarn about uh, attractions and tours, um, I guess if I was coming over there or, or younger people with, with, with um, perhaps with children or, or young backpackers and not particularly interested in, in looking at the history of Dublin, where would they, um, or where would you recommend that they go and head off to? Well, I suppose one of the things that Dublin is most famous for is our, our Guinness and our Jameson whiskey. Um, so you have the Guinness Storehouse. Yeah. Um, 
which has been operating since 1759 when Sir Arthur Guinness signed a 9,000-year lease at a rent of £45 a year. Um, and Yeah, that's a 9,000-year lease at a rent of £45 a year. So um, he obviously had a, some very good business foresight. Um, well, he so got everyone the, drunk on Guinness beforehand. Uh, probably, yes, probably. <laughs> um, so the storehouse, they still make the stuff there um, within the, the St. James's Gate Brewery, and part of it is the, the Guinness Storehouse, which is the visitor attraction element. You can see um, yeah. how they make the black stuff, where they bring the water from. There is a part of it where you can actually, um, if you're lucky enough, you can press the button to start the next batch being, moo- uh, being made. And is um, is it is it true, Sam, that they use the water from the river that runs through the the Dublin, the Liffey? No, they don't actually. That's an old one that um the, the I th- he used to use it, um, but they now take it. They have their own reservoirs which they use, which are based up in the the Dublin mountains. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. Well, thanks yeah, for putting me straight on that one. No problem. No problem. <laughs> um, you probably heard that or made it up yourself after a few times. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've heard that. that yeah, no, Guinness would be our, our uh, most popular attraction. Um, say you go in, and of course you're rewarded at the end with a, a pint of the, the famous stuff itself in what they call the gravity bar. You bas- you make your way up around probably what is the largest pint glass in the world, and you end up at the top at a, yeah. um, a 360-degree view bar, which you can see right over Dublin County from... Um, at the top of uh, St James's Gate Brewery, so that's a good attraction. They say Jameson Whiskey as well. You can see where it, the old distillery was and go around, and again, you get rewarded at the end, or indeed you might even get a certificate if you do the testing. What they do is they put mm-hmm. down a few Irish whiskies, a few Scotch whiskies, and they even put an American whiskey down there, just uh, I suppose for a bit of balance. And um, yeah, you do yeah, your yeah. your tasting, and more often than not the Irish and of course Jameson come out top in the taste test but it's an interesting one The others, some of the other attractions that we have I suppose more modern we have Dublin Zoo um, it's a great attraction certainly for families it's set pretty much right in the heart of the city in Phoenix Park uh, Phoenix Park would be one of the largest um, inner city parks in Europe um, it's a vast mm-hmm. vast size it's sort of different museums and monuments within it to say the zoo um, the president's residence is there with polo grounds um, in the summer they have um, some uh, motor car racing in it yeah, along the, yeah. the roads of it. so it's a vast vast um, vast park and hire bikes and take a, a ride through it and even though it's in the heart of the city you probably do feel that you've escaped the city when you're in it but the zoo has all the usual you know the tiger talks and the chimpanzee chats the sea lion splashes yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and has really really come on and developed in the last number of years you know the um the african plains for you know obviously yeah. a lot of the the uh the african type of animals um there's a new enclosure the kazaranga forest for the uh, asian elephants so again create right in the heart of the city some of the others crook park experience um yep. crook park is one of the largest stadiums in europe which a lot of people don't know starting to get more of a name now because the soccer and the rugby are being played there but it's the home of the GAA or the Gaelic Athletic Association okay, and that's yep, where yep. the the main Gaelic football and Gaelic hurling would be played and yeah. indeed when the, the Aussies come across for the Compromise Rules Series that's one of the stadia that they use it has a capacity of about 82,500 um, and it, in fact not just is it 
has had a huge sporting um, importance, but it's very important to modern Irish history as part of the you know, there's elements of the the, the rising uh, history around Croke Park as well. And yeah. you can get a guided tour through the stadium, and then they have an experience part where there's the more detailed history. There's photographs, and you can actually try your hand at the hurling and the football, which is uh, looks the guys on TV make it look a lot easier than it actually is. I I I I think it well it does look easy, but to pick up one of those hurling sticks and and try and hit the ball, I don't know what you call the ball, but that would be this. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a slitter. Actually, the, the Irish word for it is slitter. Okay. Similar, it's probably similar to a cricket ball in its yep. makeup and its weight. So if you get that in the head, you'd, you'd certainly feel it. Absolutely, some of the guys, and of course you have to remember Gaelic games are completely uh, amateur, no professionalism at all, um, yeah. and a lot of the the hurling guys they still play without the the helmets. Um, I think you would know a hurling a hurler whenever you meet them uh, because I think their their knuckles tend to be bigger than the rest of us from <laughs> being hit so often. <laughs> um, so that's sort of some of the attractions. Yeah, I suppose yeah. some of the tours to take you away from the uh, yeah the historical elements. Um, obviously, we have the hop on, hop off buses that do the the routes of the city. Uh, we take you pa- by all the major attractions. We have a number of different walking tours, historical or some with a, a different theme. For example, we have a literary pub crawl and a musical pub crawl. Um, you can see sort of a theme coming through there, but sort of you taken to different bars and taught about um, Irish music, um, sort of the traditional and the more contemporary. And indeed, mm. literature plays a huge part in um, Irish history and indeed Dublin history. We have a Dublin Writers Museum dedicated to the four Nobel uh, laureates of literature. Um, but in a different way, I suppose, if you don't want to do a museum, is to take the, the literary pub crawl where you sort of get all that information as you go around different pubs with uh, different liter- literary history attached to them. Um, uh, this, 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 is, this is a person that would take you around the pubs themselves and, and, and speak to exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. These are all guided tours. Yep, they are indeed. Um, I suppose uh, Dublin City itself is split through the middle by the River Liffey and um, splits the city north-south. Yeah. Um, is there, is there a, sorry, Sam, is there a big um, rivalry between the people that live on the north and the people that live on the south? Um, yeah, there actually is, yeah. Um, yeah. Certainly the south-siders would tend to see them as more, see themselves, I think, as more refined. Um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I won't say what they would consider their north-siders, but you can take the the implications from that. Mm. Um, yeah. I think the north-siders probably see themselves as more authentic Dublin. I think, I oh, think. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, I, I leave it at that before <laughs> I upset someone. Um, oh. But obviously, the river plays a huge, well, it's a, a huge part of the city, um, and that yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's obviously very visible. It's a, it's a quite a wide river. Um, so there are different um, themes around that. We have the yeah. Liffey River Cruise, which is a probably more refined tour uh, where you get the history of the city from the river. We have a Viking splash which takes you around not just land but then goes into the, the river as well. It's one of the old um, World War duck vehicles um, transformed into a, a sightseeing bus. Uh, yeah. We have sea safari and sea tours which are more, um, I suppose at a faster pace if you like. They're in uh, ribs that would take you along the river and out into Dublin Bay 
um, and down the coast, and you would see the city sort of from the bay as well, um, yeah. hopping across a few waves, which are they're nice. Now, now, certainly after a night on the Guinness, it would blow the cobwebs <laughs> away. Um, and then, of course, being such an old city, we have a lot of ghost stories. So there's there are ghost walking tours, and there's a ghost bus tour as well. So mm-hmm. um, there's a number of different tours for to, for every taste. Yeah. Can can I just um, ask you then? Uh, it, it, would it be fair to say that Dublin is an expensive city or, or, or a reasonable city to go and visit? Um, it's a question we always get asked. I suppose at the moment the euro is very, very strong, so in a way it would be expensive for a lot. Well, be seen as expensive. What we like to say is that it's a city of good value for money, um, sort of for what you're what you're paying for. You do get a good return on your money. Like all cities, you know, there are, if you want, to live it up and sort of pay on yeah. the plastic and live the high life without a doubt you can do that but there are other elements you know where it's great value for money it's inexpensive um for restaurants if you for example if you want to eat out there are early bird menus there are po- then there are sort of post theater menus and these are right. very very good deals you know and um that's what we're going to be developing on our website, visitdublin.com, this year is a, a value dining guide for people to find these deals so that they're yeah. not you know, continually paying, I suppose, full rate and getting maybe a negative perception of, of the, the prices. Also, for the sightseeing, uh, there's a, a pass card. It's like a, a credit card. It's a smart card called the mm. Dublin Pass, and you can buy that for a duration of one, two, three, or six days. And what you do is you pay a one-off fee starting from thirty-one euro, and actually works out. Um, the further you go up, it can be fifteen euro a day. And once you pay that one-off fee, you get a free transfer uh, by coach from mm-hmm. the airport to the city centre. You get a free guidebook, mm-hmm. and you get into thirty visitor attractions free of charge. And there are twenty-five special offers on there. The special offers are for discounts and on tours, on shopping, on eating, on drinking, um, a, a, a vast range. So that's good value. Plus, the website okay. for it, DublinPass.ie, it continually has special offers. You might get 10 or 20% off the prices. You might get three days for the price of two. Mm. Um, and as well as that, one of the other benefits of it is that in the major attractions, for example, the Guinness Storehouse, which we've spoken about, and the zoo as well, indeed, you can actually jump the queues or jump the lines. You don't have to stand and wait to pay right. in because you have a, a Dublin pass. You and can, where uh, would people go and buy the pass? Sorry to cut you off there, Sam. Um, no, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, as is, you can buy it online at dublinpass.ie and we'll ship it out to you. Or you can collect it at the arrivals hall in Dublin Airport when you get here. Excellent. You can yep, yep. collect it in any of the tourist offices in the city, but then you've lost out on your airport transfer. Yeah. Um, so... Are some that of the like tour deal. operators and um, that you guys would be booking with sell it as well? So um, yeah. it's easily easily bought. Say this, we do the shipping, which is, is is very popular. That's that's such. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because a lot of people wouldn't really know, know about that, and 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 I and I didn't until I spoke, just heard it from you then. Um, yeah. Now, now I'm going to ask you something. Now I'm going to ask you about the hidden gems uh, that 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 you guys know that we don't. Um, maybe okay. you could share. Maybe you could share with us some some of the hidden gems that uh, you think are special and worth a visit. We're actually on 
our website on the visitdublin.com website, we're actually putting a few itineraries up, which we're calling insider guides, yeah. um, which is, I suppose, down this, this line. Um, it's sort of Dublin as, as the locals would see it, maybe not as the visitor would find it. Um, but looking at it, I suppose, the fact that Dublin is a coastal city, um, mm. and just outside the city, you have a lot of very pretty, attractive coastal towns, you know, fi- old fishing villages and towns as well. So I suppose escaping the city, you know, within 20 minutes you can be in the Dublin mountains walking, looking down on the city is one. Yeah. Yeah. Malahide Castle to the north is has been a private home and fortress for nearly 800 years, and it's now operated as a visitor attraction set in 250 acres of parkland. Um, so you can imagine over 800 years, there's some very interesting history around it, and a typical quirky Irish history. Plus mm-hmm. Malahide Castle. Um, Hoth Peninsula, um, which is probably 20-25 minutes on one of the, the local trains. Again, a small fishing village, some great restaurants, seafood restaurants in it and to burn it all off there's a, a guided walk up over the, the peninsula hill Um, where else I suppose the specifically within the city you have the Ivy Gardens which are some of the finest and least known of Dublin's parks right in the city centre but hidden away just off St Stephen's Green almost behind the, uh, our National Concert Hall yeah. Um, and very few people manage to find it, but when they do, it's some of the things we get great feedback about. Um, some of our theatres as well, uh, we get great feedback about some of the smaller local theatres which are putting on local plays or shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, people wouldn't find them themselves, but when they come into the tourist offices, our travel advisors are able to tell them, yeah, you know, this That's is on brilliant. tonight, we can get you tickets, go and, um, you know, yeah. and they come back and tell us what a great night they've had and that they wouldn't have found it themselves. And I suppose the last one, I've already mentioned it, but it is a bit of a hidden gem, although the size of it, it shouldn't be, is Croke Park. Yeah. You know, it's about the fourth or fifth largest stadium in Europe. 82,500 people can get in there um, for whatever sporting experience it is, but people really didn't know about it until probably last year whenever the the rugby guys moved in there while Lansdowne Road is being redeveloped and mm. um, there was a lot of media attention about it um, because of the history and whenever England came to play the rugby etc. I mean it's a huge stadium but not too many people know about know about the stadium and it's a great tour there's a say the history element plus the sporting element I don't know about you but as a sports fan if I go to a city yeah. I tend to go to whatever sporting stadium it is and um Crook Park, I think, is a great experience for anyone along those lines. So there's, a, and there's a few of the hidden gems. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And and Croke Park's quite quite a recent development, is it, or is it an, an old stadium that's just been refurbished? What's yeah? What's I mean, it's been there for over well over a hundred years now. It was a sort of an athletics stadium as well as the the Gaelic Games, but. Mm. Um, it now says home to the Gaelic Games, the rugby and the the soccer, the footballer, um, are in there for a few years while Lansdowne Road is being redeveloped. But the recent developments, yeah, I mean, obviously they get the eighty-two and a half thousand, um, pretty much all seater. There's one um, terrace bit, which is, I suppose, the main historical part of it. Um, it has really been developed right across the decades, and uh, sort of is a a very modern international stadium now with everything that you would expect you know fantastic sam we're coming to the end of this unfortunately but before we go 
Um, I, I'd like to just talk to you quickly about some events that are coming up. Can can you share some of those with, with us, please? Yep. Um, well, I suppose the world's biggest party is coming up in what about four, <laughs> or five? Well, five weeks' time, and of course, we're talking about St Patrick's Day. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, everybody, you know, everybody claims to be Irish. Probably the biggest population in the world in that uh, yeah. that particular day. Um, yeah. Obviously, well. It's the 17th of March. You might not know that actually this year it has been changed to the 15th of March. The church mm. has changed it because they can't have two holy days within one week. We'll be celebrating it on the 17th as usual, so don't worry about that. You can celebrate it on the 15th as well if you want. But in <laughs> Dublin, we've now developed it into almost a week-long festival. You know, So it's yeah. not just about the, the parade on the day. There's a lot of other events um, that happen around it. We have the Jameson Dublin International Film Festival coming up. Um, one of the highlights of that will be the European premiere of a new U2 3D movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of, I think, groundbreaking 3D technology for uh, use, using uh, U2 concerts um, and a, a tour as a as the theme. Um, some of the other uh, events coming up, we have Tradfest in the National Concert Hall, and it again is around St Patrick's Day, celebrating the traditional music, which um, obviously is very strong in the around Dublin. We yeah. have theatre festivals, film festivals, gay and lesbian theatre festivals. We have a festival of world cultures coming up as well in Dunleary, which is one of our seaside um, towns, our coastal towns. And over three days, it celebrates modern Ireland, all the the various cultures from around the world now make up what is very much cosmopolitan Dublin and Ireland and one of the others which we push quite a bit and um, it's really catching on with more than the the dedicated audience is Bloomsday which is the 16th of June each year and it celebrates um, the day when Leopold Bloom who's the main character in James Joyce's Ulysses um, that's that's the date it was set in 1904 and there are readings, there are breakfasts there are people dressed in period, there are different runs, there's different events around the city um, on this, and it's all on the 16th of June it's, it's very interesting, fantastic. it's very very different from um, yeah. from a lot of the others say so to date it has been probably the Joycians who have been um, very much into it but uh, a lot more people are catching on to it now which is it's nice to see because it's very Dublin very Dublin yep. in its element. Now, everything you've just discussed there um, is available on your website. Would that be correct? It is indeed, yep. yep Visit yep. Dublin.com. Um, you can get everything. Um, you can even you can buy the Dublin Pass, through, although it has its own website, which is DublinPass.ie. But on Visit Dublin.com, you can find out what's happening. You can have a look at the tours, the visitor attractions. Uh, you can book your accommodation. You can book car hire if you want sort of to head out yeah. of the city uh, you can buy your bus tour tickets you can buy travel tickets you can book golf tee times if you want um, if you wanted to, to play a few rounds of golf while you were here you can yep. book your tee times um, we have over 5,000 pages of information up there and, and that's updated on a daily basis that's so, ex- um, excellent excellent yeah. It is. Um, and as well, I just draw your attention to, we've just redeveloped and redesigned the site. And on the home page at the top, we have a a short, it's a one minute movie, um, which we're we're very proud of. We, we commissioned a bit of music to go with it. So um, I encourage everybody to go on and have a look at it and get our website visitor figures up. But it's just on the top of your the home page. You just yep. use a big play button. You click on it. Um, it yeah, gives excellent. you a great sense of what Dublin's all about. 
Well, we'll make, yeah, we, we'll make sure that those details are, uh, are on um, our show notes that accompany this podcast. And um, Sam, thank you so much for being with us today. No um, problem. Thank you very much for the opportunity. That's it for today. I hope our listeners are going to enjoy this. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure that they are, and I love doing it. And uh, thank you very much yeah. again, Sam. Thank you very much. You can go and start your weekend now. <laughs> 20 past eight here, Friday night. So, yep, time for me to go. And you yep, have a lovely definitely. day. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Sam. All right. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye now. Well, that's it for this episode of the Oz Leisure Traveller. Our thanks go to Sam Johnson from the Dublin Tourism Board in Ireland for his marvellous insights. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode when we'll be talking to Nancy Landis from the Iowa Division of Tourism. That's right, we're off to the good old US of A where we'll be treated to an insider's take on the state whose tagline just says life-changing. So that should be quite an experience. I'm looking forward to it and I hope you are too. And until next time, see you later.